everybody doing? All right. Burful. I can't see real good because I ain't got my glasses on. There we go. Hey, hey. What's up, y'all? Everybody kind of quiet now. You what? You thinking? You good? Sweet. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So, uh, so let's, a uh, little update. We got folks back from Africa. We got folks uh, going to Africa. We got peoples in Africa. So we're kind of, we kind of, CCAM is around the world for, for dang sure, right? Arms have gotten super long. We can wrap the whole world. Isn't that cool? You know, because we always prayed when we first, when we first came to CCAM, Angela and I, we were first part of the family, you know, our prayer was, was that we would, we would have really long arms. We may not have the biggest place. We may not have the hugest this, that, and the other around here, but dadgummit, we had some long arms. We were going to touch some people. We were going to be able to reach around the world, and we have done that in more ways than one. Not only physically been able to go out and, and touch people and all, but we also send out, I mean, y'all gave earlier, you know, our money. Our money leaves this place. Our money doesn't stay in this place. Our money goes. We send money off. We send, we send people off. We send resources. We do what needs to be done uh, because, you know, Paul and Ginger always said this was a world outreach uh, center. It was not necessarily a church. And so that's kind of what's so cool about it. So I just think it's awesome just to see vision come to pass. I think it's cool to see, uh, you know, I've been around long enough to where I've, I've seen where folks have said, hey, God told me to do this, and then the thing, they put the thing together. And it really starts to come, uh, uh, come, come to fruition, and it really gets some wings, and it gets some legs, and it starts to fly, it starts to run. And it's just really cool to watch God work in people's lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. So glad you're here this morning. We're going to get into the Word for a little bit, I think. I don't know. It's just kind of a, you know... We're going to see what God's got for us. Amen. Let's believe God together. Y'all believe with me. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. We thank you, Father, that you open up the eyes of our understanding. Let them be flooded with light so that we may know the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of your power towards us. We thank you, Father, that as we open our mouth, you will fill it this morning and we tender our ground and we're ready to hear your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Woo! So, we're going to start with Philippians chapter 4, I think. Everybody should know this one. I'm going to let her put it up on the screen. Everybody should know this one. Do we know this one? What does it say? And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. This is probably on some of y'all's refrigerators. It's probably hanging on the wall at some of your houses. You might, might even have it tattooed somewhere. I don't know. I ain't, I ain't, you know, I'm just saying. Might be. We see this one all over the place, don't we? It tends to be one that we quote on a regular basis, but I don't know that we understand the fullness of what Paul is attempting to portray and attempting to communicate in this short little scripture that we have, in this one little piece of the, the letter to the church of, of Philippi. There's an awful lot that's being communicated here if we just stop long enough to read it and to let it, you know, to let it, let it digest a little bit. I think, I think at times, especially because we're so busy and everybody got something to do, everybody, who, who got something to do after they leave here? Greg, need to hurry up because I got stuff to do, right? 
We all got stuff to do, and so we have a tendency to not take our time to really digest is probably the best word, what God is attempting to say in his word when we read it. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but there's times that I have my devotional, and I go through my devotional so quick, there is absolutely no way I could tell you what I just read. Because I hit it so fast, and I read it so quick, and I, I, got, I got a million things going on, and the whole time I'm trying to read my devotional and go over my scripture for the day and trying to pray in the Holy Ghost, and pray, well, I, I'm getting about 50,000 things that I'm supposed to do. And so what happens is, is that we don't see the fullness of what God wants to show us. So hopefully this morning, I'm going to be able to dig into this thing a little bit more to where now when you begin to see this scripture and you read this scripture and you quote this scripture, there's more information that's been imparted to you. And with knowledge, with knowledge, when that knowledge gets imparted to you, now your, your wisdom can grow in an area and you can become more efficient in the spirit realm. You can be more efficient in the spirit. When you quote it, it means more. When you pray it, it means more. When you say something to somebody about the scripture itself, it means more. There's more power behind it because there's more knowledge involved. Amen? So that's what we're looking for this morning, okay? So there's nothing wrong with going back to something we've read a million times. Uh, and I'll probably go to this again. And I think I even said something about this a couple of weeks ago on an offering. So, you know, I've kind of been on this for a minute and uh, you might as well just get used to it. And once Greg gets, once I get stuck on something, I'm stuck on it. And you're probably going to hear about it every time I had a pulpit and microphone. Till God says, tell y'all something different. All righty. And my God. <laughs> we say my God all the time, but we really don't know what we're saying whenever we say my God. We usually say my God in, a, in an effort to to ease the, the, the tension of a situation. Well, my God, oh my God, you know? No. This is talking about my God. Jehovah is your God. The great I am is your God. The almighty God is is your God. There are other little G's around there, little gods. There's a ton of them. You can, if you, if you talk to some of our Hindu brothers and sisters and spend some time with them, you'll find out they've got thousands of them that they call upon and try to worship at a different time depending on what the situation is. If you, if you look at Greek mythology, they had all these, all these gods. And, you know, in fact, I'm, I'm re-watching the whole Marvel thing you know, from start to finish in the timeline, you know, the whole deal. And so, you know, there's, there's these different gods out there and, 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 and all, these, all these different ideas and all these different gods that exist out there. But your God is the God, the one and only, the all-powerful. Nothing can stand in his presence without access to it, without him granting them access. His presence is so strong. His power is so mighty that if you go to heaven right now, there is not one light bulb up there. There's not one. But the whole place is lit up by the fullness of His glory and who He is. He is that He is. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is all-loving. He is all-in-all, the Bible tells us. That is your God. 
You don't worship some dumb idol. The Bible talks about dumb idols, and it's not talking about an idol that doesn't know anything. It's talking about a non-speaking idol, an idol that doesn't have a voice. Your God has a voice that carries beyond, beyond time. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away, he says. That is your God. Your God. My God. Just has a whole new meaning on, oh my God, doesn't it? He's your God. So why would we even think that there's anything in this world that could put us down or stop us? Why would that even be a thought in our head? This is... I, 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 he won't let me get off of it right now. He's just not finished talking about himself. He split a sea so three million people could walk across it and the ground that they touched wasn't wet. Now, I don't know if y'all know anything about saturation, but if you let something stay in water for a long time, it gets like saturated with water. Which means that there's water at every level of, of molecule, there's water in it. So God, when he let the children of Israel go across the Red Sea, when he did that, this is your God, by the way, the one that you serve, the one that you love, whom you call Daddy, split the sea, got the water out of the way, so much so that when their foot touched the ground, it was dry. I mean, let's just, let's, just, let's, just, let's just think about this for a minute. They're walking across dry land in the middle of a sea. It's a complete and total impossible situation that your God made possible simply by the air from his nostril, the Bible says, and it split. The Bible tells us that he thumps devils, he, he casts out demons with his finger. Like you would a fly. There was a fly in the prayer room earlier and I went pow and it took off. That's what he does to demons. Isn't that something? I mean if you think about it, in the Bible the, 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 the most mighty thing we've, we've seen him do is he used his right hand to raise Jesus from the dead. And in the act of raising Jesus from the dead, with his right hand, he also raised all the rest of us and cleansed us of all of our sin at the same time. Not only our sin, the sin in the entire world, present, past, and future. And all he did was he just leaned over with his arm. He ain't even stood up yet to show you what he really can do. In the beginning, he created everything just by speaking it. He just said it and it was. Your God. Your God. Blows my mind. We'll move on. <laughs> if you're watching it on TV or Facebook or whatever, it's, it's really, really, really good. It's good, promise. My God, your God, shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory 
by Christ Jesus. Your God shall supply all of your need. Now we use this a lot whenever it comes to our finances. We want to do the whole, the whole charismatic church thing, get our finances worked out. My finances got to be right. I got to be blessed. I get my blessing on. And I ain't got no problem with getting your blessing on, but this scripture means so much more than your money. So far beyond your money. Your money's easy. Tithe and it'll take care of itself. Simple. My God shall supply all of your need. Spirit, soul, and body. Your mind ain't right like we were just had some folks up here. We was praying some people up here. Might, takes care of that need. You need to have your kids do something. Your kids is all out of whack and they're being all ignorant. It takes care of that need. Your body's hurting and, and you got cancer and you got all kinds of stuff going on. Doctor said tomorrow's going to take care of that need. He shall supply all of your need. All of it. Any need that you might have. I know I'm, I, I know I'm on it like like. We don't get this. We don't understand. Because if we did, we would react a completely different way in life every day. Right. We don't understand this. That's why we're having to, we're getting back to the basics. How do you win football games? You block and you tackle. That's how you win. This is blocking and tackling we're going over right now. Tackling fuel. Tackling fuel. All of your need. All of it. All of your need. Have you ever looked up the word all in the Greek? Or Hebrew. Or Arabic. <clears throat> if you go to the Strong's Concordance and look up the word all, it 100% means all. <laughs> That's what it means. All of your need. All of your need. If it's a need, he supplies it. Wow. Wow. My God shall supply all of your need. How? It's according to his riches. See, and he's not even supplying his need, supplying your need based on the only thing and your resources that you can touch. This is not based on you. This ain't got nothing to do with you. It's got everything to do with him. He is supplying all of your need according to his riches, not yours. Not mine. Not the riches on the earth. Not any of His riches. Now, now His riches, whenever you look at it from the, 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 the rich term, let's, let's, let's take our brain and let's stick it in heaven. Just real quick, just for a couple seconds, okay? In heaven, is there any pain? No. Any sickness? Any disease? Is there any poverty? Okay. All of that is his riches. So your needs are supplied according to what he has and what he can do. Not from what you can do. Not anything to do with this earth. The doctor said there's just no way. Okay. Because the doctor is not the one that's supplying the need. God is through his riches. He's, it's not the... God bless the doctors, man. They're supposed to tell you what things are. Look, this is where you at. This is where you be. My, I mean, my sister-in-law, she's a doctor. She's, a, she's an MD here in town. And guess what? She'll say, look, this is where you at. This is the stuff you're supposed to be praying for is the way she says it. These are the things that you need to pray for. We've done, we're going to do this, 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 and this, but here's the problem. And you need to be praying for this problem right here. Why? Because she understands that all of your need is going to be supplied by 
His riches in glory, not by hers. She ain't there to do all that. She is there to, to practice medicine, to help you with the symptoms as much as possible, and to say, here's your problem. You need to be praying for that. But for some reason in our brains, we've gotten, you know, I, I got to go see the doctor. Why? Because I'm sick. Okay. I'm, I'm sick, so I'm going to go see the doctor. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with seeing a doctor. My, my sister-in-law, doctor, MD, call her all the time. Hey, this hurts. You know, what do I need to do? There's nothing wrong with going to the doctors, but we have to realize, guys, that that is not your source. That is not where your needs come from, and that doctor ain't got nothing to give you but a prescription. And more than likely, the prescription is just going to do something to your brain to make all your nerve and stop to where it just ain't going to hurt no more while your body heals itself. Is that making sense? I'm getting a bunch of weird looks. That's the reason why I'm looking over here. I'm like, all right, I'm getting weird looks now. Let me look away. Yeah, thanks, Tom. One day, whenever, how old are you, Tom? When I'm 65, then I'll probably be used to it, just like you. Yeah, just like you. I just haven't been around long enough. <laughs> All right. According to his riches, where? In glory. There's the deal. Right there. His riches in glory. In glory. Man, if we could only get in the glory. Man, if we could only find a spot to where we could touch the glory of God. Man, if we could only find out where the glory was, because that's where all of his riches are, and that's where all of my needs get met, and my God's going to do that thing right there. Are you all with me? If we could only figure out where the glory was. His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So, did you remember a movie called Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah. Anybody ever seen it? Y'all yeah. seen it? You know at the end they open that box up and everybody melts. It's awesome. It's awesome. I wanted to show that, but like, I knew better, you know. People been melting. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's one of the best endings of one. It's just, oh, it's awesome. Y'all have seen it, right? Everybody's seen it. Yeah. So, the Raiders of the Lost Ark teaches us a lot about the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was a true 100% real thing. It was a box that the, that the Hebrews built, the Hebrew children built. And inside it, they put the Ten Commandments. They put Aaron's rod that budded. There was something else in there, too, wasn't there? I know those two things were in there, that they stuck in the Ark of the Covenant. Covered it with gold, made a lid. On the lid, there's these two angels, their, their wings come over and cover what's called the mercy seat. Does anybody know what the mercy seat is? It was in the Old Testament, it was the actual place where the presence of God resided on the earth. So, if you wanted to get into the glory in the Old Testament, you had to go to Jerusalem, to the temple... When you went into the temple, they had like this courtyard thing. You had to go through all these steps and all to get there. Then you went into the holy place, which was kind of a little room. And in that room was another room with this veil, like curtain there. And behind the curtain was the Holy of Holies, which is where the mercy seat was on top of the Ark of the Covenant. Y'all ever heard all this stuff before? That's where the glory of God was. That's where the glory of God resided. That's where the glory of God sat. If you wanted to get your needs met according to his riches in glory, you'd have to go up in there 
to get into the glory, the Shekinah glory. Now, in the Old Testament, he would show his glory from time to time. In fact, you'll find out that whenever they brought the, the, the Ark of the Covenant into the temple for the first time, that the glory of God showed up in a cloud, and it got so tangible and so full and so strong that the ministers couldn't stand to minister. They all had to stop because it was, it was so strong and so just like, you know, it's like a big, thick fog that you can't stand up in, Right? So the glory would show itself from time to time, but not always. So Jesus, everybody heard of Jesus? This dude, Jesus, he, he came, he lived, he died, he rose again. He was pretty awesome. If you don't know him, you need to meet him. It's pretty cool. And anyhow, uh, on the day that Jesus was crucified, the temple was actually involved. Can y'all go to chapter 15 of Mark? You're going to not like me because I didn't tell you this one. Chapter 15 of Mark, and I'm looking for verse 38. So at this point, the temple's still there. The veil is still hanging between the holy place and the holy of holies, which is where the mercy seat and presence of God was sitting. This veil that the Bible's talking about was 40 cubits tall. Anybody know how tall that is in today's modern stuff? Probably not because nobody really knows what a cubit is. <laughs> but most theologians agree somewhere around 60 foot, that neighborhood. So 40 cubits is approximately 60 foot. So this is a curtain that is 60 feet tall, okay? The curtain was also woven of three different types of threads, and I won't get into all the details, but there's three different types of threads that, that wove this thing. This thing was pretty, pretty tightly put together. It was actually four inches thick. Okay, so not a curtain like you hang in your house. Because most of us, the curtains, I mean, if you really paying some money, it's going to be about a half an inch thick. Thereabout. You know, if you like me and you get the cheap stuff, it's like a, a fraction of an inch. It's like real cheap. You can see through it. You know? So this thing's a thick, it's four inches thick, 60 foot tall. And some theologians, not everybody, because the Bible doesn't really say 30 foot wide, but we don't know for sure. Everybody just kind of guesses. The main thing is it's huge. Heavy. It's like a what? Yeah, I bet the curtain rod was something special. Mm -hmm. So anyway, on Jesus' day where he died, on Good Friday, everybody, everybody know what Good Friday is? So on that day, whenever he hung on the cross and Jesus cried out his last little bit, according to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this veil was rent or torn from the top to the bottom. Like that. At that point, when that happened, the mercy seat released the spirit and the glory of God at that point. So whenever it was rent, Jesus put his head down, it was torn from the top to the bottom. Now, we're not talking about being able to tear. Anybody ever seen the, what's those guys? They're big. And they, what? No, not a strong. Astronomy? Strong man. They tear the, 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 the phone book, like a Dallas phone book. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And they tear the thing. That's, that's kind of what happened. But like a curtain, four inches from top to bottom, but it didn't. It, it, it wasn't no strong man up there at the top pulling it. 
Jesus didn't crawl himself up there at the top and start tearing it down. What had happened was, is well, some angels went up there and they tore that thing from top to bottom and ripped it. Now what this was doing, this was letting mankind know that from now on they are no longer separated by sin, no longer separated by sin from the presence of God. Sin can no longer separate you from God. In fact, I think it's Romans chapter 8, which is my favorite. Romans chapter 8 that says, Neither depth nor length nor height nor any created thing can separate us from the love of God, something in that neighborhood. It says that because at the time that the veil was torn, the power, the presence of God, the glory of the Lord left the mercy seat, the Ark of the Covenant, and moved into the world. Yes? Y'all with me? So, the glory, which is where the riches are, where all of your needs are met, is no longer sitting at the mercy seat. The priest doesn't have to go in there. I don't have to go in there for you. I don't want to do all that stuff anymore. Now we actually have the glory acceptable and obtainable to us right now today. In fact, right now. In fact, the glory of God is in this room right now. Actually right now. His glory, which means that if His glory is in this room right now, what happens in the glory? Let's go back to Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. I didn't mean to do this just now, but we'll do it. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. What happens in the glory? He supplies all your needs. So if the glory is in this room, who's got a need? We don't. Because the needs are supplied in the glory. Oh, I'm loving this. Y'all going to like this. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I think is what it is. I'm preaching this backwards, but it's okay. I like it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Did I give you all that? But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Now, Paul, whenever he breaks this down, the, the, the passage before, he was, talking about, um, he was talking about Moses actually seeing the glory of God. Y'all remember that story? Uh, it's in Exodus chapter 33. It was the recorded first mooning that ever happened in history. God mooned Moses. At that point, he saw the goodness of God and the glory of God. All right, third day had a song, Show Me Your Glory. Y'all remember that one from back in the 90s? Okay, well, that's what Moses said to God. You know, he's like, look, God, show me your glory. And, and God said, okay, I'll show it to you. But you can't look on my face because if you do, I'm going to kill you, son, and I don't want to do that. I like you too much. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stick you in a rock, and I'm going to put you over there, and I'm going to put my hand over the rock. And as I pass by, I'm going to remove my hand and you'll be able to see all of my goodness and my back parts. That's what the Bible says. I'm just quoting the Bible. God said, I will show you my goodness. I will pass by. I'll remove my hands and you can see my back parts. Now on my back parts, I have a bald spot. I have a back. I had a back of my legs, knees, and ankles, and, and heels down there. And there's one other item that's on my back. And I ain't saying that. I ain't saying that God, you know, but I am. I am saying it because when you look at somebody's back parts, what you looking at? I mean, y'all don't be all pious and holy up in here with me now. You know what I'm talking about? Somebody walk by and you look and you're like.
Don't nobody want it. Look, y'all, y'all, y'all don't even get no uh getting y'all getting no high and mighty with me. Oh no, Pastor, I would never do that. Whatever. Looking at the back of their Nikes. That's right. That's right. So God said to Moses, I'll show you my glory and I'll let all of my goodness. See, he interchanged. God himself interchanged the glory and the goodness, those two words himself. He acted as if his glory and the goodness were the same thing. But that's for another message because I don't have time. But he said, I'll let all of my goodness pass before you whenever I remove my hand. And Moses saw the back parts of God, whatever parts those might be, Back parts of God as God passed by. From that point on, Moses, when he came down from the mountain, he had to wear a veil or a curtain over his face because the glory of God shone on his countenance so bright that the children of Israel could not look at him. This glory of God, God's glory was so powerful that as he floated by or walked by, as he went by Moses, Moses looked upon his back parts, not even his face, his back parts, and Moses shone so bright they had to put a cover over his head. So that's talked about in, verse, in chapter 3 of 2 Corinthians that we're on here. We're finna jump into chapter 4. So whenever it says, but even if our gospel is veiled, it's veils to those who are perishing. And what Paul is talking about, the veil that he's talking about, is the veil that Moses had to wear to keep the children of Israel from seeing the glory of God because they couldn't handle it. They needed, they needed an avenue to be able to touch the glory without the glory killing them. Y'all with me? Yeah. Alright, verse 4. Whose minds the God of this age is blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. Verse 5, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. I love just to just read the scriptures and let them happen. For, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who is shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The knowledge, the light of the glory of God is found in Jesus Christ. Verse 7. But we have what? This what? Treasure in earthen vessels. We're going to stop right there. What is the treasure that he's been talking about? Back it up. Go verse 6. For as God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, who has shown our heart, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, we have this treasure. The treasure in the context of what's being talked about is the glory of God. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellent of the power may be of God and not of us. The glory, the Shekinah glory, the glory that sat on the mercy seat, the glory of God, the presence of God, the place where every need gets met in your life is now inside you. It slipped from the veil that was protecting, protecting the children of Israel. It slipped through that veil and then slipped through the veil of Jesus Christ to find itself in your heart. In your heart resides the glory of God. In your heart resides all of heaven. People still looking for the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden is in you. 
It's not a place on earth anymore. It has moved residence. It is found now inside the believer that believes that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. And with Jesus Christ being Lord of all, that Garden of Eden now lives on the inside of you. It's called the glory. And there, there's no, all the needs are met. You remember uh, Adam and Eve before the snake? Y'all with me? Adam and Eve before the snake. Adam didn't even sweat whenever he worked the ground. The Bible said that whenever God came looking for him after they sinned, that God came walking in the cool of the day looking for Adam as if it it was his normal process every day. Adam and Eve spent time with God as if he was a real person. That relationship That space, that existence is now found in us. It moved itself from there because, hey, we can't do the sin. Oh, we got sin. We got a sin problem. You know, the problem with the world today is just sin. We got a sin problem, so we can't be in the Garden of Eden no more. So what we're going to do is we're going to put God's presence on top of a big old box and we're going to tote it everywhere we go and put this big old curtain between us. We still got sin. About once a year, priests are going to go up in there. If you want to see God, you got to go there. We want to see Him. From that to Jesus Christ Himself coming on this earth and being the ultimate sacrifice for every bit of sin ever. Ever, 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 ever. Every bit of sin ever. And now that presence, the glory of God, all the needs met, leaves and passes right back through him in you. You are a walking ark of the covenant. You have the glory of God in you. And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches where? In glory. That's why when we say faith happens, that it's already there. Faith believes that something is now. It doesn't believe that it's going to happen tomorrow. That's hope. That's vision. Faith believes that it's right now. Why? Because the glory is in you. Every bit of God's glory resides on the inside of you. So therefore, yes, I can stand and say that I have what I say that I have. I could tell the mountain to move because the glory is in me. I could speak to the mountain and the mountain listens to me and it moves out the way. I can say that by the stripes of Jesus I have been healed and I can lay my hands on someone and command whatever's in them to go straight because the glory is in me. The glory is in you. There is nothing in this world that can stop you other than your brain. The Bible tells us that the children of Israel limited the Holy One of Israel. It says that He limited, they limited the Holy One of Israel. How did they do it? With their complaining, with their mouth, with their brain, not doing it. All we gots to do is get out the way, y'all. All All we gots to do is get out the way and let the glory of God work. My God shall supply All of your need according to his riches in glory 
by Christ Jesus. See, Jesus didn't make it just to where you go to heaven one day. Jesus don't make it to where we just go to heaven. Jesus make it to where you got it going on on your way to heaven. You could be like Peter. Peter's shadow touched people. They got better. Why? Because he carried the glory of God and knew it. If you remember, this was, act, this was after Acts chapter 2, whenever they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. It was after that, wasn't it? Because it's Acts chapter 4. If you're in the disciple walk on Wednesday nights, you'd know that because we're going through every word in Acts, like every word. We have touched every word, I think, in that book. The glory of God can shine so bright in you that you can walk up into Walmart and people walk up and ask you to pray for them out of nowhere. They can see the glory. They can see on your countenance. They can see the light of God. They can see in you what's missing. All it takes is a little courage. Just a little bit. That, faith, that mustard seed faith that Jesus said we all, he was, you know, that we needed to, to do this, do that, do this, do this. It's just a mustard seed faith in yourself. Because all of us believe God can do anything. It's just you, we, don't, we don't have confidence in ourselves. And I don't understand why. You're, you're carrying the glory of God. Lives in you. I know, I, I know we're good. I know we need to go, but I'm like, I can't, it's not, it's not, I'm trying to translate it. The glory of God lives in you. And if you don't let it out, you're giving everybody in your world a disservice. An absolute disservice. We sent a group to Africa. What are you doing in Africa? Let the glory out. We got a group in Africa right now. What they doing? Letting the glory out. We got a group going to Africa. What are we going to do? Let the glory out. Go, go to Walmart this afternoon. I know probably about half of you going, okay? Or Brookshire's. One of the two. What you going to do there? Let the glory out. How we get it out? Real simple. Real simple. It's real simple. Or a smile. Or a touch. How you doing today? It's good to see you. Look people in the eye. I dare you to look them in the eye. You look some folks in the eye, you can connect with them. You connect with them, the glory of God will touch them without you even getting there. Look them in the eye. Smile. If you smile, you'll get an immediate, an immediate harvest on your, on your sowing. Because people always smile back. Look them dead in the eye. Dead in the eye. I'm just telling y'all. I, 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 I don't know. I, I can't get off of it. I just don't... I, I, uh, We're carrying the glory of God everywhere we go. Let's spread it around. He put the treasure in these earthen vessels. He put the treasure in these earthen vessels. Not so we could just sit around and not do anything. So that we can have confidence to do His word. To do what He says. Alright, let's go. Y'all stand. Amen. I finally got an amen out of you. When I said let's go, amen. Amen. Shoot, dog, I've been waiting too long for this. Mm. Amen.
Woo! I pray personally that you get a revelation of this. One of the, the, the biggest revelation I ever got that God lives in me. He is in me. He's not in heaven. He's not, he's not here. He's not there. He's in me. The glory of God resides on the inside of me. So therefore, what I touch, he touches. Where, where I go, he goes. Where I step, he steps. It's in me. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for your word. We ask you, Lord, to bless us through your word. We thank you, Father, that as we're doers, we'll be blessed because it's the doers that are blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all are dismissed.